Hi everyone, this is Relationships Revisited. I'm Elazar, and I am glad to be back with you. Very grateful. This episode we're talking about love and love. Well, is there is it possible to have a more confusing word than love? I mean, how many different ideas about love are there in the world? Conceptualizations of it. I mean, we even seen this week's Torah portion. We see the word love used by a rapist. There's this guy named Shem, who's a big deal. He's a prince, and uh, he sees Yaakov's daughter Dina, and she's out and about, and he violates her. And the Torah uses the word love to describe how he felt about her. It uses the word love to describe the attachment that Shem has to his victim. And then it uses the same word love to describe the connection that Yitzchak had, has towards his dear wife Rivka at the end of Parsha's Chai Sarah. So what, how could the same word mean such different things? And I want to propose that the word love in Hebrew, ahava, it really tells us just one thing, and that is that there is a, a desire for closeness, connection, and attachment. That's all. It doesn't tell us anything beyond that. And we see this in the Mishnah in Avos in chapter 5, where the word ahava, love, is used to describe both the relationship between Tamar and Amnon, which is another sexual violation, and David and, and Yonasan, which, who had a very deep, loving, soulful connection and friendship. And the Mishnah goes on, then it, it distinguishes between a love that is dependent on something, Tluya Badavar, and a love that's unconditional and not dependent on anything. A love that's dependent on something, if we think about it, it's it's desire for attachment. It's a desire for connection, right? I, I, I move towards this thing, but it's limited in two ways. First of all, it's limited in terms of the beloved, because the beloved is only loved for a certain part of herself. The reason, the reason that she's, that she's beloved. It's also limiting in terms of the lover, because the lover himself is only loving with a certain part of himself. That's the reason that he loves. So there is a desire for closeness here. The lover does desire for closeness with his beloved, but it is limited and it is external to his essence. It's not about all of him. It's about one particular part, whatever that part is, one particular part. And furthermore, that desire for closeness really has nothing to do with her, with his beloved. The lover has has merely identified something in her that has aroused his desire for closeness, and that started the whole process. In truth, she hasn't really even begun to exist as a as a complete human being, as a separate other in his eyes. It's it's really all about him. And we actually see this in the words that the Torah chooses it, it, with regard to the affection that Shechem had for Dina. Because the Pasuk says, in this week's Parsha, it says, 
alef hanar, hanara, excuse me. Vayehaves hanara, vayidaber alef hanara. So it says, and he loved the young woman and he spoke to the heart of the young woman. But the way that the Torah writes it, the word na'ara, young woman, it's spelled nun ein rish, which actually can be enunciated na'ar, as the young man. So the way that it's written actually says, and he loved the young man, meaning himself. So there's a fascinating hint there to the nature of the love that Shem had towards Dina, that it wasn't about her. She didn't really exist in his eyes. It was about him and a certain aspect of her that aroused desire in him. Let's contrast this with the love that's used from Yitzchak to Rivka, from Isaac to Rebekah. There at the end of Parshas Chayisar, it says, and she became a wife to him, and he loved her, and he loved her. And the Kedushas Levi, and I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, says that he loved her. To emphasize her, he did not love himself. So we see here in the context of the love from Isaac to Rebekah that the love there takes, it has a context of a sacred union. It says, and she became a wife to him. There's a, a spiritual connection, a divine connection, and that preceded the love. It preceded the love, and that made all the difference. Now the love is a desire for closeness. That's all love is, as we said, right? But the love now has a context that transcends that base inclination to connect to the object of my desire. It is of a totally different nature now, even though it's the same desire in a sense. It's the same desire for closeness, but it has a different, it's, it, it's now transcended it's, uh, that, that, the baseness of it. It now has a quality, if you want to say, of a love that is not based on anything. Because when you introduce the sacred Kedusha into something, right? when Kedusha is there, and that's the context, Kedusha by definition is no thing. Kedusha transcends thing. God is not a thing. There's no thing. Kedusha is a revelation of Elokus, of godliness. And God is no thing. So when you introduce that, then the nature of the love is of a totally different quality. I speak a lot about about attachment. I use attachment in my clinical work. And attachment is really important because, yes, we are wired for love. We are. But what kind of love are we wired for? I like to say that we're wired for a love that will fulfill our needs. The wiring that is there to do that is already activated in an infant of one day old. And that's for the, for the, the purpose that that infant does not die. In order for love to be more than that, in order for love to be more than my own needs, there needs to be space for more than just my own needs. And on a basic functional level, that could be space for your needs, as legitimate and as important as my own, as I recognize that you have needs as well, just as mine, and, and therefore I see that as valid and, and significant and important in my eyes. And that's a great start. That's a huge start. That would deal with like 90% of 
marital issues if we see if I saw the other person's needs as truly legitimate and valid and I want to know more about it and understand it so that I could potentially be there for her, be there for him. That's a great start. But on a much deeper level, we let's think about what it would be like to open up space for the divine in our relationship. Space that would recognize your divine essence, your your divine core as it recognizes mine. In a context of kedusha, of sacredness. And then as we relate to one another, we we do our best, obviously, (laughs) to relate to one another in ways that align with that truth. That's a whole different world. A whole different world. And we're still, in a sense, talking about love, the desire to be close to you, the desire to connect, but the context is uh, is another world. Because otherwise, what we have is love that may not be that much more than that of Shechem to his victim, Dina. The desire to be close to something that I want or need. And I, I believe, I hope, I want for myself and I want for all of us more Right, we and our partners deserve more than that, and that's something certainly to strive for. I hope this is helpful. I hope this makes sense, and I appreciate you joining me here. Relationships revisited, exploring the space between.